Well, hello, this is the Trophy Room, aka Trophy Room Radio. We are hanging out here on a Monday morning in the AM. Wherever you are, thank you for making me part of your day. So here's the deal. Today we're going to talk Trey Lance, we're going to talk Caleb Williams, and we're going to talk a little Steph Curry, maybe throw back and review and preview a little bit of college football from this Saturday and then this Thursday and that Saturday. So we got a lot to come up with. Once again, those of you who are still here, I appreciate you still being here. I know that the schedule has gotten a little out of whack between uh, not being there on Wednesday and the podcast coming out at, uh, what's the word, less than consistently scheduled time, and also um, just with the fact that we haven't been using the same mic We've had interviews dropping. This whole thing has been a little bit of a beautiful mess. So I just appreciate everybody who is still here, still listening. And uh, we are almost all the way through me moving into my new apartment. I'm moving to the new place on Wednesday, which means I don't have to live. I don't get to live at Jaden's parents' house anymore, which means I'll have a consistent setup the mic will definitely be put up somehow some way i don't know yet but it'll be there so again thank you guys for rocking with me just as little housekeeping there will not be an episode on wednesday it is the two-year anniversary of my dad's passing so we won't be here plus i have to move into my new apartment anyway so needless to say that day will be taken off but again hopefully next week again school starts next week at BYU which somehow I am still attending but school starts next week but I will be moved into my new apartment so hopefully that means that everything will be back to normal I'm hoping fingers crossed speaking of fingers Remember that quarterback who uh, he used his fingernails to give the finger to Utah? That man's name is Caleb Williams. So if you haven't heard, and honestly you probably haven't because for who knows what reason and who knows how, the Pac-12 was able to get USC, a top 25 team, against San Jose State on their network, making it impossible for the rest of us to watch it on um, Saturday night, which was a bummer because that game was actually closer than it definitely should have been for a while. But what do we know about USC that, that somehow certain people believe will change every year? We know this. Lincoln Riley is the best, the absolute best, and maybe one of the all-time best offensive coordinators in all of college football. I mean, just the things that he draws up on a board, he's like if, if Kling, if he almost is like if Cliff Kingsbury had Andy Reid's brain, because they, uh, They don't look the same, but they coach very similar. But 
So, if you didn't watch the game, Caleb Williams, for all intents and purposes, popped off, made a couple highlight throws, threw for a ridiculous amount of yards, uh, had plays where the snap got dropped and he just ripped it top shelf to a receiver 30, 40 yards downfield. And it left, I would say, college football casuals with the notion that, oh, yeah, Caleb Williams, he's the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah, Caleb Williams, he is on a mission to win another Heisman this year. All right, well, first of all, let's let's review a couple of things. First things first, I do think Caleb Williams is incredible. And by no means do I want to undermine the highlights that he makes or what he is able to do or fat or how fast he processes information. That's the first thing. Because people are going to say, oh, you're a Caleb Williams hater. I'm not a Caleb Williams hater. But I am a realist. Some may call it a pessimist, but I am a realist. And what reality tells me is first of all, San Jose State, San Jose State is one of the worst defenses in all of college football. The second thing, or the third thing at this point, in my laundry list of let's chill on Caleb Williams, is can we stop saying, oh, he's the second coming of Patrick Mahomes? Can we stop with that? First of all, Patrick Mahomes bigger, more built, looks more like an NFL quarterback than Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams not that big. Second of all, we had this conversation before, but tell me how Caleb Williams is that different from Johnny Manziel. Other than offensive coordinators different and uh, Caleb Williams' arm is bigger, but the way they play football is similar. I don't think it's fair to say he's the next Patrick Mahomes because I mean, let's be honest. When when the Chiefs took Patrick Mahomes in the first round of the NFL draft, a lot of you were sitting there saying, Who? Because, respectfully, Patrick Mahomes was not that good in college. Go look at his stats. He was a turnover machine. The man could sling touchdowns like nobody's business, but he was really the NFL 30-for-30 Jameis Winston more so than he was Brett Favre. Texas Tech didn't win games. And you can say, oh, well, he's a better Patrick Mahomes than because he's winning games. But again, here's the other thing that we somehow tend to forget. Go look at Alabama quarterbacks and Ohio State quarterbacks. And how often they win Super Bowls. How often they go to Super Bowls. How often they even pan out at the National Football League level. Not often. Why? Because their offense is loaded. It takes more pressure off the quarterback. And when you get to the NFL, all of the pressure is on the quarterback. And the question then becomes, 
can you do it when you have no help? That's the question. Because especially if you're Caleb Williams, unless somebody's trading up for you, wherever you're going does not have the infrastructure to incubate you. So when I see Caleb Williams pop off for whatever it was against San Jose State, I just have to say, we didn't know what Patrick Holmes was then, but stop and pump the brakes now. Again, absolutely one of the most fun guys to watch. But this idea that he's going to be something the NFL has almost never seen before, not buying it. Here's what I will buy into, though. So, what's funny is, I had this take before the news even dropped this weekend. I I was already on this train that I'm about to go off with you on. And then John Lynch did something that I would call stupid. And that's coming from a guy who totally believes in accountability. So, let's go here. Because we got two takes that we got to fit into one. Let's start again with first things first. So last week, the story was, oh, how are we letting the 49ers get away with drafting Trey Lance when it's been so pitiful and they need to be held accountable and we need to remember that they made this decision. And you got guys like Ryan Clark on ESPN, Get Up, NFL Live, everybody saying we need to hold the San Francisco 49ers accountable. Which, again, it's not even that I think it's ridiculous. I just think it's stupid. From Coming from a guy who believes that accountability is one of the greater key indicators that we have in the world. Okay? Here's why it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, everyone who's listening to this, unless you are my little cousins... Um, everybody's, everybody has exes and we've talked about the crazy exes, but sometimes you have the ex who they're cute. They're, they're good, but they're not great and they're not good for you. And they don't, you're only attracted to them at about a six level or they're really attractive to you, but They just don't have the super marriage material quality that you're looking for. They don't really, their aspirations aren't aligned with yours. Maybe they don't want to be a mom. Things that aren't bad, they're just not for you. And that's how I see this Trey Lance thing. And before you tell me that I'm crazy, just listen for a second. Like, so John Lynch comes out this weekend and he says, we need to be held accountable for drafting Trey Lance. It was a poor decision, yada, yada, yada. 
what? Again, sometimes you date people that you don't marry. A lot of times, 99% of the time, you're dating someone you're not marrying. And how many times do you have to go back? Because let's be honest, the only times you really have to apologize to your friends about who you're dating is when you uh, date someone who's crazy, who's not a nice person, who doesn't let you see the boys anymore. Those are the people that you have to, the people who your mom doesn't even like. Those are the people you have to apologize for. You don't have to apologize for the girl who you just didn't align with, who didn't want to get married, but was a a, a nice girl, a nice guy. Those aren't the people you apologize for. Because guess what? Everybody dates people they don't marry. And the other reason that I think the 49ers have nothing to apologize for is that I don't really know, unless you make a moral decision, one where you hurt someone, I don't think you're obligated to apologize. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that we're apologizing for drafting Trey Lance. Now, what I think happened, because I think I was a little confused as who wanted who, because it was clear that someone wanted Trey Lance and someone wanted Mac Jones. My takeaway from this story with John Lynch being the one apologizing is that John Lynch was the one who said, hey, look, this guy was absolutely elite at the FCS level. His daddy played cornerback in the NFL and taught him how to read defenses. If we develop this guy the right way, who, by the way, there's no one better at developing quarterbacks in the last five years than San Francisco. If we can develop this kid, he could be crazy elite. That's what John Lynch saw. Kyle Shanahan said, I want Mac Jones because he's a more, he's a, he's a, a better ceiling may not have the highest floor but he's got a a higher floor more guarantees but again you don't have to apologize for drafting Trey Lance and so when I see John Lynch come out and acquiesce to all of the media heads this week who said they need to be held accountable. You need to be held accountable if you make a poor decision and it doesn't work out. But here's the thing. They made a poor decision, not morally, just fiscally and occupationally made the wrong choice. Guess what? They found a workaround. And isn't life, isn't the real world about making poor choices or being dealt a poor hand and being able to turn it around because if that's the case then I believe John Lynch was successful I believe Kyle Shanahan was successful I mean this is a team who went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo who almost who went to a NFC championship with Brock Purdy they know what they're doing so yeah was Trey Lance a whiff sure but you apologize for the crazy ex, not the normal one who it just didn't happen to work out with. So then the flip side of this is they traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys, if you haven't heard. 
which to me is the biggest story in the whole thing. Because here's the deal. You're not liking pictures of other girls on Instagram if you're completely secure in your relationship. Maybe you think that you're completely secure and you're one of those guys who likes pictures of girls anyway and you say, oh, well, I, I, just, I just thought she was bad or whatever, but I love my girl. Idiot. Or same with girls. You're liking pictures of the guy who you used to hang out with in college or whatever the case may be. Secure people, confident people, loving people in their marriage or relationship, they don't do that. And it just makes you wonder, is Dak Prescott suffering from the same thing that Brock Purdy is going to be suffering from in three to four years? I know that's a whole new story that we got to get to, but let me get there. Um... Again, Dak Prescott, a little bit of a hot seat because he just hasn't won anything in the biggest you-have-to-win city in all of sports America, Dallas. So you're telling me that the Dallas Cowboys go from, look, dude, we got to save money for Zach Martin And we also know that Micah Parsons is coming up and he's going to have to get paid. So we just, we only have time to worry about what we absolutely have money for. Not that Trey Lance is costing them that much, but it's the opportunity cost of we have uh, emotional currency, mental currency that has to be focused somewhere else. And I get they got Zach Martin back. But it's kind of crazy that you go from we are just hyper-focused on this right now to, oh, yeah, we got time for Trey Lance. Oh, yeah, we got we got room for Trey Lance. Well, that's weird. And so when I see this, it makes me say, Jerry Jones may not be as happy with Dak Prescott as we thought he was. And... And we've always thought that Dak Prescott was the golden child. But that may not be hanging on much longer if they were willing to go out and get Trey Lance. Now, the thing I'll say to end off this whole thing is if you can't play for Kyle Shanahan, I don't know where you can play. And if you couldn't play before Kyle Shanahan, you definitely can't play after Kyle Shanahan. That goes for quarterbacks. That goes for running backs. Because statistically, typically, both those positions before and after Kyle Shanahan are typically never the same. Now, Christian McCaffrey was a household name before Kyle Shanahan, so he'll be that long after. But statistically, those are the numbers. That's the rule. All right, last deal before we get out of here. I want to go on this topic for a little longer, but... I do not have the time before I got to walk into work here. So here is what I want to say. And this is Steph Curry related. Um, I think point guard is weird. Because to me, it's a little bit like running backs where it's valuable. But it's never going to be the quarterback. 
the point guard is just very rarely going to be the 100% most valuable position on the field. And so that's why when I have a conversation about who's the greatest point guard of all time, it's not the sexiest guy of all time. It's it's the Isaiah Thomases of the world. It's the Chris Pauls of the world. It's, um, well, and then that leads us with the conversation that Gilbert Arenas had with Stephen Curry the other day where Gilbert, and I didn't get to, I know this has been a couple days since, uh, this conversation had to be had, but I wasn't here. So Gilbert Arenas, for those of you who didn't see, asked Steph Curry to his face if he believed he's the greatest point guard of all time. And before you get triggered, Steph Curry did say, of course, I believe I'm the best. But he also paid homage to uh, Magic Johnson. So I want it to be known. I do think Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. Because only person to start at all five positions in an NBA Finals. He's the only person, I believe, in the history of the National Basketball Association who I truly believe could play all five positions unmitigated, uncompromised. I, I think LeBron can play a lot of positions, and LeBron's a good guard, not Magic Johnson. So, again, I do believe Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. But here's what I also believe. This is the argument. If, if you are having a life or, death battle, life or death battle and they say to you, if you can't convince me that Steph Curry is the greatest of all time, like, it's over. This is the argument that you got to make. The argument is, look at what Steph did with what he had versus look at what Magic did with what he had. Tell me about the winning culture in Golden State before Steph got there. Now talk to me about the winning culture in LA before Magic got there. And it was James Worthy. It was Nick Van Exel. It was uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was Wilt Chamberlain. The culture, the infrastructure was there. And so it wasn't hard to build from there. But what did Steph Curry have? I mean, outside of Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson, don't give me Draymond Green. Draymond Green was valuable because of how the team was built. But there's a reason that he came back to Golden State. because he doesn't have the same value other places because the offense and team isn't run the same. So I believe that Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time unequivocally. But I think it's Steph Curry too because of how he's been able to elevate the entire team and win championship after championship despite not being the big enough, strong enough. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't have the ankles. He came from Davidson. He's too small. This, that, the other thing. 
Steph Curry has really made it on his own. And oh yeah, he's also the greatest shooter of all time. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I appreciate the consistency coming back, even though we have an inconsistency with how we're recording because of wherever I'm living and that whole situation. So I appreciate it. We will be back next week. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Have an enjoyable rest of your Monday. Cheers. Woo.